At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is M.I.P. With Masamela Matsumal. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Anthony Browder, total Tony Browder for the totality of African American History Month on MIP, ikg-info.com, acerestorationproject.com. He's co-authored 14 publications, which are currently used in classrooms around the world. And as he said the other day, amongst our sisters and brothers who find themselves incarcerated, the founder and director of IKG Cultural Resources, and spent 43 years researching ancient Egyptian history, science, philosophy, and culture, traveled to Egypt 64 times since 1980, and is currently the director of the Asa Restoration Project, which is funding the excavation and restoration of three 25th dynasty tombs of Kushite noblemen on the west bank of Luxor, Egypt. Hotep, once again, Tony, thank you for being here. My pleasure, my brother. We ended last week talking, we began our conversation that we've not had yet about the Nile. You touched on the Nile and how it flows from south to north, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, something I've often wondered, because that kind of throws people off sometimes, <laughs> is, is that... In, in terms of even even geography and the map. <laughs> okay, I think you know where I'm going. I know where you're going. That's cool. Uh, is the, the the modern map, the modern maps that we look at today that we go through school watching, mm -hmm. are they in fact upside down? Uh, they are distorted and they represent the consciousness of the creators of the map. Cartographers are people who create maps. We talked about Asa Hilliard a lot last week. And one of the things that Asa used to do, uh, which one of the things that made him the consummate educator was that Asa had a pin that he wore on, on the lapel of his, his coat or his, his garments. Uh, and it was a map of Africa that he intentionally turned upside down. So the people would say, hey, your map is upside down. And that would give him the opportunity to say, oh, no, 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 no. It's right side up. So from an African concept, from a Nile Valley concept, south is up and north is down. In the text, they refer to the south as up and north is down. They refer to, um, uh, let me make sure I get this right. <clears throat> when you're facing south, um, uh, left is, I'm, 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 I'm having to come, I remember, anyway, anyway, let me, let me keep it moving forward. So <laughs> I know, but I got so much stuff up here, it's hard to pull what I need at the right time. But in other words, south is up and north is down. So whoever makes the map 
determines the orientation. So the maps that we use in our classrooms and have been used for hundreds of years were made by a Flemish cartographer, Mercator. So it's the Mercator projection map. And because the map was made by a European, he placed Europe at the top of the map. But what he also did was distorted the size of Europe relative to the shape of Africa. In the 1970s, there was a cartographer by the name of uh, Peters who created a more accurate representation, representation of the continental land masses. And that map, which is used in the 1970s by the United Nations, showed Africa in proportion to the rest of Europe. Europe is small compared to Africa. Uh, Iceland or, or uh, Greenland is small compared to Africa, but it's distorted in the Mercator map. So whoever creates the map of the world determines the map of your consciousness. All people have the right to see themselves through their own cultural lens, but no one has the right to have their consciousness distorted. So people are entitled to their right to tell their own story. And I have no problems with that, but they can't just make up stuff. Things need to be vetted and that information needs to be sourced with factual evidence. And that evidence exists and people have to do their homework and tell the truth and present the evidence which substantiates that truth. Yeah, and if you can't that. do it, shut up or go home. <laughs> so when we talk about the Nile Valley, and I want people to kind of focus on the geography for a moment. When we look at the Nile, we're talking about it, it touching not only Kemet, correct? Yes, Egypt is at the end, is at the northern end of the Nile Valley. Northern by our current- By distorted perception by the of time and space. But yes. actually that's Southern. So folks, North is South and South is North, if you can follow. So now take us to the Northern end, which would be the Southern end of the Nile. Oh, I'm sorry, the, the Southern end by the way we look at it. Right. That so, would be the there are two branches of the Nile River, um, the White Nile and the Blue Nile. And these two branches of the Nile meet in Khartoum in Sudan. The White Nile has its origins uh, near the Missouri Mountains, uh, the foothills of what Dr. Ben often referred to as the Mountains of the Moon. So mountains have snow caps and as the, as the weather changes, the snow melts and it runs down the mountain into a stream and water follows gravity. And that stream flows into what is now known as the White Nile. By the time the White Nile reaches Khartoum, it flows through a desert and a very hot environment. By the time the White Nile reaches Khartoum, 90% of the water has evaporated. We have the Blue Nile, which comes out of Ethiopia. Lake Tana is the source of the Blue Nile and it carries with it the rich volcanic soil of Ethiopia. And it's that um, volcanic soil that then flows into Khartoum, joins the White Nile and forms the singular Nile Valley, which flows through the rest of Sudan and through all of Egypt and empties into and created the Mediterranean Sea over a period of tens of thousands of years. That rich volcanic soil that comes out of Ethiopia annually 
was deposited on the east and west bank of the Nile River when the Nile flooded every season. And it is that rich volcanic soil which made Egypt or Kemet the breadbasket of the world. It's the most fertile soil on earth. That's why Herodotus referred to Egypt as the breadbasket of the Roman Empire, of the world, because you can grow so much food there. So that's the lifeblood of, of, of Ethiopia. It's the lifeblood of Sudan. It's the lifeblood of Egypt. So, you know, again, we have to know something about geography in order to have an intelligence discussion about history. And we have to know both in order to know who we are and where we fit within the geography of human beings on the planet. More MIP after this message. As Dr. Clark said, we talked about last week, all history is a current event. So I have to ask, um, and this is a subject a lot of people are concerned about. Uh, we're looking at, at climate, climate change, environmental factors. Is the Nile and that valley still the most fertile? Do, do, is anybody, do we know these answers? Well, what we do know is that um, the Nile River has been used to generate hydroelectric energy electric energy. And so there have been several dams built along the Nile River to capture this energy and power cities. The British were responsible for building, I believe, the first major hydroelectric station along the Nile River, and that's in um, southern Egypt in Aswan. And then in the 1960s, the Egyptian government built a new dam. And with the creation of that new dam, they produce Lake Nasser, which is the, the, the man-made lake. It was at that time the largest man-made lake in the world behind uh, the Aswan Dam. And as the water flowed through the, the turbines in the dam, it generated uh, electro uh, hydroelectric energy to power the nation. So one of the things that we see happening right now is as Sudan is coming into its own, as um, Ethiopia is coming into its own, they're building dams to generate electrical power to sustain themselves. And it's creating friction all along the Nile Valley. It's, it's created a, a very serious issue for, for, Ethi uh, for Egyptians. And they're working with their counterparts in Sudan and Ethiopia to resolve this issue. What we also know, what we also know is that when the Aswan Dam came online in the mid to late 1960s. Uh, it no longer allowed the silt from Ethiopia to come through past the dam. So as a consequence, that fertile soil was no longer uh, spread across the land annually. And so they began to use chemical fertilizers. And chemical fertilizers have been detrimental not only to the land, but to the well-being of the people. So part of, of what we have an obligation to do, and, and that's what one of the reasons why we're talking about this history, is understand the natural, understand nature. When you violate nature, you violate your relationship with the creator. You violate your relationship with God. We should learn to live in harmony with nature. And I might add that this environment, the Nile River uh, environment, is perfect for the use of solar energy. You don't need you don't need to jeopardize the Nile River. You use the sun. The, the symbol of God itself can provide you with all the power you need 
to live your life in harmony without destroying your environment. More MIP after this message. Last episode, you, you talked about Ethiopia uh, and, and you have, you know, also invoked Sudan and where that is. So we look at the Nile Valley. We focused on Kemet. Uh, you mentioned even in Ethiopia, though, that the origin, the Asara set origin story you found in Ethiopia. Um, does that mean that there were civilizations in Ethiopia and or Sudan that made themselves were either concurrent with the development of Kemetic civilization or predated themselves Kemetic civilization. Do we know? Uh, I, I believe it's the latter. And I believe because of that, uh, that's one of the reasons why there aren't more excavations done in the Sudan. As I mentioned previously, there are more pyramids in the Sudan than there are in Egypt. There's almost 500 pyramids in Sudan, right? Now they're smaller pyramids, they're, 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 they're different, but they still represent the same concept. So I know for a fact that if more people dug in Sudan, dug up uh, Kushite or, or Nubian history and culture, they would find elements of the beginning of culture and civilization. As a matter of fact, brother, as a matter of fact, in the 1970s, early 1970s, there was an article in the New York Times about the discovery of a city known as Taseti in uh, Southern Egypt, uh, northern Nubia. As the Aswan Dam was being built, Egyptologists and scholars knew that this area behind the dam was going to be flooded. Temples, tombs were going to be lost. So there was a mad dash for a period of about five years where archaeologists came in and dug up what they could. They took temples and, 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 and built and, 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 and gave temples to European countries, European and American countries, that contributed to this effort. There is a temple in the Metropolitan Museum, Temple of Dendere in the Metropolitan Museum that was saved from the flooding waters of the Nile River. So there was a team from the Oriental Institute at the University of Chicago headed by Keith Seal, who did excavations and they discovered a royal ancient cemetery. And in the cemetery, uh, the cemetery was in a city called Kusto. Um, and they found an incense burner in a grave that had that predated the first dynasty of Kemet, pre-dynastic Kemet, pre-dynastic Egypt. And they found on that incense burner, referred to as the Kusto incense burner, images of royalty, a uh, 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 a king wearing the false beard, holding uh, the implements of power, the crook and the flail wearing the crown of Upper Egypt and the falcon, which represents Heru, uh, standing on top of a palace facade. So all of the imagery that would become integral to all of the 30 dynasties of ancient Egypt had their origins up south, up south. And so uh, in this New York Times article, and, and I referenced uh, the date of the article in my book, Now Valley Contributions to Civilization, there was a city known as Taseti. And in that article, they referred to Taseti as the oldest documented city in human history. And that is south of Egypt, near the border of Sudan. Now, in that same area, brother, in, in the 1970s, a group of archaeologists driving through the desert stopped for a, a rest break. 
to relieve themselves. And as the person that was relieving himself, he saw a series of stones in a circle and began to investigate that. That investigation has led to the discovery of a place now referred to as Nabda Playa. Nabda Playa is the place where they have found, historians have found the oldest uh, archeological calendar in the history of the world. It goes back to about 5,000 BC. And the way that that circular calendar was constructed, it is oriented to uh, the constellations associated with Asar and Aset, and it's timed to the annual flooding, to record the annual flooding of the Nile. So much of the information that has not made its way into the public record as of yet, much of the information that shows the origins, the southern origins of, of, of Egypt comes in the south, in Nubia or Kush, comes in the south. So there is a need for more research to be done in this area so that we can add to our body of knowledge. The point is this, nobody knows everything. And the things we thought we knew 100 years ago, we now know that they weren't correct. So we're constantly adding to our body of knowledge. It does not mean that what we knew before, what we thought we knew before was useless. It means that we are learning, we are growing. Nobody knows everything. But we constantly add to the body of knowledge that is bequeathed to us by our ancestors. And if we understand that our ancestors lived through us, they are helping us reconnecting reconnect all of the pages of the past so that we in the present moment can stand in the full glory of their knowledge and profess their history to the world. That's what this month provides us with the opportunity to do. Tell our story unashamedly so that everyone can begin to understand just who and what African people were and what our contributions have been to humanity. Anthony Browder and folks, if we haven't promoted enough, this book must be in your library. Nile Valley Contributions to Civilization. Folks, you must have this to read about all these things that Tony and, I, Tony and I have been discussing all month. Thank you again, my brother. We'll talk tomorrow. Total Tony Browder for the totality of African American History Month here on MIP. Thank you, brother. I love you. Appreciate you, my brother. Hotel. Love you, too. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line. Prop 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.